Hey, welcome to our decompression show after a hundred episodes. I'm Bob. I'm Mark. I'm George. Yeah. hundred. Uh, you know what I noticed? It. You know what I noticed the most? And I was thinking about this last night in a weird, you know, another one of my fever dreams. Sweaty. Yeah. It's Drunken. unusual. Yeah. That too. Uh, we worked all day in the house yesterday, so I was dusty and my, it might've been a sinus infection. I don't know. That went straight to my brain. Uh, but anyway... In the Panda episode, when we when I mentioned, you know, our first episode, like, who would have thought that we would have got here because of a stupid little fish that goes into a sea cucumber's butthole, that people are more incensed by butthole than they are ass or anus. Like, it, I don't know why butthole is so polarizing, and I'm going to say it a bunch. Because, because people, I don't know, they're more offended to be calling a butthole than an asshole. Because anus, right. anus asshole. smells like licorice. <laughs> anus. <laughs> Well, cause to me, like, right? You know, I think I wear being an asshole with a like a badge of pride. You know? Yeah. I mean, I do at work. I try not to be so much outside of work, but but someone calls me a butthole. Yeah, I, I worked hard for Mark. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I worked hard on my reputation at work. <laughs> Mark's like Grandpa Grandpa Simpson is an asshole. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Get off my lawn, damn it! Like. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, you know, it's unbelievable going back and listening to the first episode after the hundredth episode and how far off track we are at times, yet we didn't give a crap uh, no. way back then. We get into salmon, we got into, you know, the reason that Bob was getting creamy oysters, and that's because they were full of s semen. Yeah. Thanks for that, George. That's one part that has stuck in my mind since that episode. Every, every time you eat an oyster? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't mm. be creamy. Don't be creamy, Mr. Oyster. <laughs> don't be a submarine and be I mean, I guess steam. that's how I know I got a boy oyster. <laughs> boy, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, oh, Berto. <laughs> don't, don't you always get both? I mean, are they both male and female at the same time? I don't know. Are they? Haven't I, we covered oysters? No. no. Oh. We never have. Only We've mentioned them. Only God, I've in, had a nightmare about it. Only in the first episode. That'll be an easy one to bring a snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. I guess we're going to have to wait till they're in season and not ready to burst uh, their stuff out not, into the open water. Not big, white, and plump. Right. Yeah, because I don't even remember. Are they open spawners or? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not like they can jump <laughs> into each other's shell. <laughs> True. Hey, big boy, let me peel on out of here. <laughs> Join you in Hello. your little. I mean, they look like female parts, no matter what the sex is, anyways. So. Okay, all right. Let's 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 drive this back onto the road here. We're not here to talk about oysters. We I mean, we are. did though. I mean, we talked a lot about oysters. But we're previewing, right? So we're gonna remaster, re-release the what is it? The first five episodes, or is it five no. different uh, episodes? The, different episodes. It's four different episodes. Four different, four different episodes. episodes. So this is the first one. This is yeah. pearlfish. Pearlfish. Yeah. Then we'll redo flamingo. Flamingo. Then hippo. Hippo. And then George wanted to go with thermal vent animals to show how far we've come in production. And the funny thing is, no matter how you slice it, we don't get into the drinking game at all. We're kind of skipping the drinking game era, which, you know, lasted yeah. actually quite a long time. It did. Uh, it against George's wishes. It took me a while to stomp <laughs> that out. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Only you can prevent drinking games. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, back to... 
the pearl fish. Amazing that, you know, this little tiny fish forced the evolution of anal teeth in the sea cucumber. You know, why else would you need to develop a reason to not get into the butthole? <laughs> that, well, uh, I can think of a few reasons. <laughs> For me, that show, the thing that stands out the most is the missing taxonomy and the... Um, right. The binomial name. And I guess, yeah, I never... We never have done that, which is true. And funny thing, I didn't write that down, so... We're not going to do that again today. Bam. No. We're, we're going to leave it as that, is, I that guess. It's going to be a mystery. That reminded me of the the scientific name I gave you, Bob. Yeah. Okay. So I, Spit I it have, out there, George. I have it here. Um, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to pronounce, but from the genus Homo, <laughs> you're a dick today. <laughs> it, I told everyone at work, and they're like, that's not wrong. <laughs> that, that is 100% accurate. Yeah. You're, I should have said it with an English accent, yeah. though. It would have sounded like Darwin. You're a dick today. <laughs> or a Scottish accent. I heard you've been working on a Scottish accent with an actual dude from Scotland here. Oh, he was just here intermittently. I, I didn't get enough off him. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to have him teach me some. Some funny. Some uh, lingo, yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be worth it. Like things that we don't say in everyday speech. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a great thing. If this inspires you to go back and listen to our first episode, go ahead and roll into the second one because at some point down the line, we actually renamed the second episode because it used to be Pearlfish Part 2 featuring Dormouse. And we switched it to just Dormouse to kind of differentiate it that we were going to cover another animal. But there is still an insane amount of pearlfish corrections and updates and, you know, things like they actually uh, put it into reverse to go into sea cucumber asses. So, and they, yeah, if you don't they know can about potentially eat the gonads. We didn't, we didn't think, I thought that like all of them were, was a commensal relationship No. until we looked back into it. And there are times that they just go ahead and eat the gonads out of the inside of the sea cucumber. Well, if you're and, up late and the, um, <laughs> the, uh, all the, the body linings on the inside too. Right. Yeah. And it's Carpeidae is the family for pearlfish. Carpeidae. Yeah. Right, so they're kind of a tiny, tiny carp. Yep. Huh. Rayfin fish family. Well, I believe in the that episode, George was pretty convinced that they just ate the poop <laughs> that yeah, the sea cucumber was generating from the inside. But from what we found out, since they're filter feeding and they're basically just, you know, shoveling sand into one hole and letting, you know, filtering nutrients and then letting a big old pile of sand come out the other hole, it would be pretty hard to eat mostly sand because they don't really make what you would think of as poop. They basically just shovel sand into their mouth, filter everything out, and then sand comes out again. So is the so, pearlfish just taking advantage of some of the the stuff that's flowing through them? Right. Well, they I, I, think it's, I think it's very earthworm-like. They, they leave the actual uh, sea cucumber at night to go find food. Right. Stay in yeah, the, they, they feed they, on their own. It's yeah. just it's just their mobile home. Yeah. Oh. So the gonads are just a late night well, snack when you don't want to go out. And that's only certain species <laughs> yeah, of pearlfish. One, one specific a daytime species. snack. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, be like, well, I got nothing to do. I wonder what's in the fridge. Ooh, gonads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been nibbling those for a while. Yeah. And that's another part I remember that was pretty funny to me was, you know, like you're moving in, it's your first home, and you got to go find milk carts, milk crates to uh build all your furniture out of kind of like our place up yeah like your first apartment after high school i'm never gonna get a date (laughs) if it looks like this yeah i I mean i swear like i remember being that age just out of high school everybody's getting their own apartments or new places and it was guaranteed you'd find a milk crate in every single uh person's place that you visited i had a cool one it was a tv stand i had a cool one that was from 1936 Nice. It was a an actual antique one. Nah, like pure uh, metal 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 frame with uh, oak slats in it. Oh, nice. Oh. Those are hard to find these days. That's probably worth some money, George. It's long gone. Oh man. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting. Also, you go back and there's no disclaimer. There's no real intro because we didn't have a name. Uh, the bell is absent. The bell, I don't think, shows up until the maybe the second one because I think I brought it to Dormouse. Yeah. yeah, it was in Dormouse. And then I forgot it a couple of times, and I've got a funny little part in uh, Hippo, I believe, where I actually wrote a note on my phone that came on that said, don't forget the bell dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very nice to myself when I leave notes. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, anybody got anything else that was outstanding or just blew your mind about that first episode? I mean, we talked a lot about salmon, also, well, which I, was interesting. Yeah, my thing was is it, I was amazed at how the clarity, the sound quality was on our very first one, considering what we were using at the time. Snowball mics. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's a that's something to to comment on uh, anyone who goes back and listens to these episodes you know we we started from humble beginnings yeah. in a closet with i think one mic was it one mic or two mics no that we, we shared we all had mics we all had yeah. mics yeah, we yeah. Had okay the, the old snowball mics yeah yeah with yeah, a little little tiny tripod i don't like yeah. to be that close to bob so i know we didn't share <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we were on a little four-foot table yeah, four-foot right. table. I think we were just running straight into the computer. I don't think we had a board or anything. I thought we had Derek's original board, the one that got beer spilled on it. Not if the... we were using the snowballs, because those are USB. Huh. It uh, was through the computer. Maybe yeah. it was. Yeah. I just yeah, remember, that was, I remember. That was, I guess, part of your humble beginnings <laughs> as well. You must have been recording ETI that same way. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how ETI started out, too. Huh. I just yeah. remember how we came up with the show... Uh, format was literally a minute before we started right like, let's yeah. just do this and this and yeah. this like who's gonna kick this off bob <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a good call <laughs> right yeah it made sense i mean oh and you know i'll probably talk about this in a couple of our other ones but i was so pissed off when i got the notes that you know, you are the driest intro to a podcast I've ever heard in my life. And I got so mad, I went over the top with the intros. And it totally made sense because you're going to hear it in Hippo and Flamingo for sure. It's like, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Drinking and Talking Animals. It's like the most robotic, dry crap in the universe. We all were. It's like, I'm Mark. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, enjoy the Pearlfish, everybody. If you've never listened to it, now's the best time to do that. Max is going to use a couple of tricks of the trade he's learned over the last 100 episodes with us and God, like 200 with another podcast. and Yeah, they're going to be remastered. Yeah. We're, remastered. We're, we're so good now, they're going to make a movie about us. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, gonna we're going to have to do something Max crazy. is going to make a movie about us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, how do you talk to a pearlfish? I don't know. Drop it a line. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Is this the same joke you told that I didn't get last time? We didn't have any jokes in that one. Oh. So I figured I'd fill in. <laughs> yeah. Is that the old sardine joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, for sure, if you enjoy the pearlfish, just let it roll into the second episode because you're going to hear a, actually a lot more detail and corrections about what we got wrong in the first one. And... Just to hear about the Dormouse is pretty awesome also. George has a fantastic mafia-related story that you're going to want to stick around for That's that. how I got to that one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Yet to be Named, episode zero of a bunch of dudes that met at a bar talking about animals and who knows what. Because I don't know. My name is Bob. I'm Mark, and I don't know either. I'm George. I don't know anything. Background for me, I'm a beer-drinking golfer that happens to work at the city of Tacoma. Uh, I enjoy coming to the tap room, drinking beers. And, by the way, shout-out to Gig Harbor Brewing for hosting this inaugural podcast. Cheers. Heck yes. I'm Mark. I run an exotic animal rescue. I am a part-time beer tender at said hosting place, and I love beer. Period. I'm George. I grew up fishing and digging for clams and oysters on Puget Sound, and I became a self-styled naturalist. I love animals, pay attention to them, and I hope we can save them. Now, didn't we discuss earlier that a naturalist is a nudist? Yes. So you go out fishing and digging for worms in the nude? Well, I I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I usually just dig for the worm when it's cold. Uh, That thing tends to shoot out of my hands if uh, I, I wasn't wearing gloves. I don't know about you guys, but... Well, mine's not usually slippery... Well, I mean, you weren't walking. Oh, you got it. All right. (laughs) Yeah, you got to accumulate sweat before it gets slippery. So, Mark, tell us about your last rescue. Um, My last rescue was a surrender of five snakes. Uh, The young lady that had them uh, had gotten bit by one of them and became afraid. And so they had not been cleaned, fed, or watered in about three months. We picked up an albino boa constrictor, a coastal carpet python, a Mexican black king snake, a western hognose snake, and a ball python. Uh, They weren't in too bad a shape. Um, Once I picked up them up, they were fine. They were looking rather hungrily at me. But once they were in my hands, they were fine. They're doing great now. 
they've all eaten at least one meal and uh, we will soon be placing them in new homes is, is there do they get arrested or fined or no how it works is if they contact us before they are t- contacted by any authorities um, whether it be animal control fish and wildlife and they surrender willingly to us then they're given a pass and it just makes things a little easier. Unless they repeat. Oh, yeah. If they definitely, if they repeat, no, they're done. Uh, we have them sign a waiver form, and we do keep, I do keep their information for um, a time. You inject venom and put them down? No. <laughs> <laughs> were, were any of the snakes that were surrendered venomous? No, nothing was venomous this time. So they were all basically constrictors? Uh, yes. Actually, now that you mention it, the Western hognose is technically considered venomous. They, uh, when they're in the salivating, their glands produce a mild toxin. Uh, technically, uh, venom glands are um, modified salivatory glands. Hmm. So basically... People do react to their bites. Uh, they will get some mild swelling, but it tends to be more a, of a um, allergic reaction. Hmm. Like, not, like redness? Uh, <laughs> and Around s- the affected area. Yeah. <laughs> and swelling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, can you teach them to bite exactly where you want them to? For desired effect. That would be your job. Oh, so no? Probably not. Okay. And then there's also those thing about bestiality things, you know. Well, I wasn't going to mention the B word on episode zero, but, uh, (laughs) you know, there we are. (laughs) What are we going to get into here? Is it going to be the pearl fish? I think, I think pearlfish is a good place to go i think so too they think it they, is <laughs> they don't they don't go to a great place but i think we're going to get into that so i think george you discovered this via video correct it's a, yeah it's a a little slim snake uh, like kind of like an ice pick size and uh, um, well its head's a lot bigger than i thought it would be considering what it does um it likes sea cucumbers. Do they like them? Uh, I don't know. They they never really communicate. They just all of a sudden you get a fish yeah. in your butt. Well, it seems like a sea cucumber is basically just like a tube that crawls across the bottom, right? Yeah. Like I don't even really know what the sea cucumber eats. Is it basically like a sandworm? Is it sifting nutrients out of the sand as it goes, and it just they. they they eat algaes yeah. and uh, uh, sea, sea plants that are falling to the bottom. They're kind of like, act like earthworms. Like, like shit nibblers mm-hmm. along the bottom. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Shit nibblers. So then they got one in their That's butt. what they were going to call them before <laughs> somebody came up with sea cucumber. Like, how did that happen? Does anyone know that? Because they prob- they're shaped like a cucumber. Are they the same color as a cucumber? No. I don't enjoy cucumbers. 
Well, just I'm going to put that out there. There are species that are kind of a greenish color, yes. Hmm. But he was the first one that was like, you know what? I could eat this. Well, I don't know. Who's the first one that said they could I, eat bull testicles? When I was a when I was a teenager, I did eat a sea cucumber. Really? Mm-hmm. For why? I, um, like a dare? Or I read in a book that it was possible, so I I got them, and you open them up, and you you strip off these little thin muscles that are along it, and they taste a little bit like a a squid, hmm. just a chewy chewy muscle. Very fishy. I could imagine. You are what you eat, I guess, right? I don't know. Decomposed plants and fish poop. It, it was a good lesson for me. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can eat a lot of things along the shoreline if you're willing to do it. Right. Keyword willing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely don't slice it up like a like a big animal you mean the, literally there's this little tiny bit of protein on the inside right so you're talking you grab like what's a sea cucumber weigh ish maybe a, a pound and a half or a, and cleaned what are we getting that is edible like like an ounce <laughs> if you're that lucky totally seems <laughs> worth it like well they are considered delicacies in some countries that's why they're harvested for food hmm it is pure protein, though. Yeah. I mean, that... And is it true that they flip themselves inside out as a defense? Because I have heard that from time to time, that, like, if they're scared... And I believe that leading into the pearlfish, this is one of the reasons why the pearlfish has chosen the sea cucumber as its preferred hiding place, based on the fact that the sea cucumber itself doesn't have a lot of natural predation. Nobody likes to eat it. Right. Except for George. Yeah. I mean, George will eat them. We don't know about any other sea creatures. Not that George is a sea creature. Well, I've uh, heard George will eat just about anything. What's worse is, when I was 13, I made my little friend eat it, too. <laughs> what's your little friend's name? Is little he, George? He moved away. Oh. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. So back to the pearlfish. The pearlfish. Um, I don't know who want, who really wants to break the ice on this. We, okay. all, we all know, and I'll we're do just it. we're just waiting. Sea cucumbers are unique in that they breathe through their anus, which who, means it is constantly open. Who doesn't? Not me. <laughs> I've never tried it, but with the right scuba gear equipment, I'd be afraid. <laughs> Maybe. So anyway, when um, pearlfish are, are very tiny, skinny, and so they tend to need places to hide during the day. Well, somewhere back in the evolutionary chain, they decided the best place to hide would be up the anus of sea cucumbers. Hmm. And so they they live up in there until it gets dark, and then they come out and hunt. And I, I did see in the video I was prepped with that they know the anus by the odor, which seems common sense. I mean, well, I've, I've never been a tiny little fish looking for a place to hide, but, you know, it seems like I would have tried the other end first and then maybe went, you know, this side's not very receptive. 
I wonder about that smelly side. You know, a hidey hole's a hidey hole at some point. But sea cucumbers' mouths are very tiny. Compared and to their anuses? <laughs> oh, yes. Because they're, they're usually scraping. Hmm. And so they have a ridges of teeth there. I mean, yeah. I feel like humans are the opposite of that. Like, It depends on the human. <laughs> well, true. I've seen those videos too, but we're not talking about that. Uh, I digress. Well, the, the, the cool thing about them is they don't just live in sea cucumbers. They also will live, there's a type, couple species that live up in the anuses of starfish, which also breed through their anus. And they were named pearlfish because the original ones were discovered by uh, pearl divers in the black-lipped oysters. When they would harvest them, mm. they would find these little fish in them, hence pearlfish. Hmm. So basically they're not just like anal purists. Well, it depends on the species. There's multiple, multiple species of them. And so the most entertaining ones, of course, are the anal locked-on ones. Yeah. Um, and another interesting fact is they were sometimes to be multiple ones in there. Yeah. Well, I think George... The one, yeah, the one video I saw, there was like 14 in one sea cucumber. I bet you that was one happy sea cucumber. <laughs> yeah. It was an old one that looked really experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but obviously. I also saw a video where the... Come on, boys. <laughs> yeah. Where the pearlfish actually will extend its its anus out and devoid hey, its bowels. <laughs> yeah. So he's not shitting where he lives. So unfortunately for the sea cucumber, it doesn't have like a vacancy sign with a no it can light up. No, like, unfortunately not. Right. It's like, yeah, hey, it's this like, is the no-tell motel. Uh, it's like, hey, sailor. It's right. Ports open. Well, I never read, is it symbiotic? Is Does the sea cucumber get anything out of it? No, it's like... Other than a pleasant... Other than that, there's nothing. Uh, you would almost think that, like, the gut of the sea cucumber would potentially clean the skin of the pearlfish or something. I mean, it's got to be more than a hidey hole. Yeah. I, what are they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> we. Yeah. You're like, hey, guys, I just moved in. Uh, this apartment's a little shitty. <laughs> I haven't had time to clean up yet, but uh, if you guys want to party. Well, put, put the refrigerator over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find any milk crates behind the Safeway to set up the TV yet, but, uh, you know, what we got is what we got right now. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting, too, is because some cucumber, sea cucumbers have anal teeth, mm. which I that, think that, that would bites. be kind of scary. Yeah. What, what's the evolutionary purpose of anal teeth? To keep something out of your butt. Huh. Now that makes sense. I would be worried about <laughs> if I, I was a pro fish and I poked my head out and yeah. he clenched. Yeah. <laughs> I think what stood out to me watching the video was that like 
the pearl fish really did look like a complete weakling outside of the anus of a sea cucumber. Yeah. It was just kind of like, doodle doodle do. Like, here I am, well, everybody. Where's my food? It didn't I'm going to get look dinner for food. and go back to this butthole. It didn't have to look for food. The food was, it was living in the food. It just ate poop. Well, the video said that, like, basically the pearl fish would feed and then enter the anus of the sea cucumber for protection. I don't believe that. I as it digests, I think it's just eating poop. No, because they only come out at night for the most part. Hmm. That's, that's when the freaks come out. All, you know I mean, it. full of poop. Hey. Yeah, that song is more accurate than I knew at this point. The freaks come out at night. The freaks full come out at night. <laughs> Freaks come out. Yeah, that's just a little addition for anybody that doesn't know that song. Another interesting fact is the ones that live in the oysters, they actually use the oyster shell to um, magnify their communications with each other. Hmm. They literally grind their teeth together, which magnifies to the oysters so that through the oysters to the next one so that they know if there's others in the area, especially if it's breeding season. Because, huh. you know, when you're little and weakling, you got to do everything you can. Right. You know, anytime I've been around an oyster, you know, when they're chilling, they're open, they're mm-hmm. kind of like filtering whatever they're doing. If you touch them at all, like they clamp down. So, like, does the pearl fish just go, like, kamikaze style, like, straight through that's, the lip that's, of the that's oyster? That's the way it looked in the video. Yeah. Well, like, I saw that. It's, like, it's, it's actually on, very graphic. It's like, stay on target, stay yeah. on target, yeah. and then they're right Use the there. force, Luke. <laughs> like, that's, but, it's seriously that way. Like, you're just dumping torpedoes into the Death Star uh, with your eyes closed, maybe. I mean, are they, they're yeah. doing this in the dark? Because... Yeah. Huh. And I mean, after after like, that is like an Airbnb party. It's like we said you could have two in and then next thing you know there's fourteen. Yeah. Be like, what's the code to the front door dump, of this dump, place? Dump, dump, I don't know. I gotta dump, call the owner. Dump, dump, dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to go around to the non anus side and see if we have permission <laughs> to enter. I mean that's the weird thing too. It's like, you know, there's just it I don't think it's like a permission thing. This is just something that the pearlfish decided like this thing really has no natural defenses if I decide to do this. Like I'm just going in there. Like F it. My dad said it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't even know if sea cucumbers have an actual sex, to be honest. I probably should have looked up more facts about sea cucumbers before we got into this whole thing because I never knew the pearl fish was a part of, you know, like what might happen as a sea cucumber. I mean, do they teach this in like sea cucumber kindergarten? Like someday you might just be cruising along the bottom and a fish is going to swim up your ass. What do you do? The answer is you just no. keep moving. Like just you do nothing. No. Right. Well, you can't say no. I because mean, it's yeah. wide open. Right. There's no door. The pearl no fish isn't an asker. It's a taker. Like. I don't, I don't know what to do at that point. Just go, I'm full, bro. Like, I already got 13 of you well, all in here. That's what I was getting at. Like, what, did, what does the sea cucumber get out of the... Right. 
And that's usually the deal in nature is you have a lot of symbiotic relationships among different species, you know, like guessing you get something. We just don't know what it is. Right. I think it's pleasure. Right. Like, why does a lamprey latch onto a shark? It's a free ride, obviously, but, you know. Well, doing a little quick research here, um, a lot of the sea cucumbers have both male and female uh, Mm. sex organs. They're asexual, like a lot of your uh, land snails. So there Mm. is no permission. That would be a fun episode in the future because uh, I don't know if you all have ever watched the Z Frank videos, uh, but the snails have the love darts. Yes. And that was something I had never seen in my life, and it's absolutely amazing. Not to get off uh, the The pearl fish here. The glory of the pearl fridge. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) right. You talk about a glory hole. that's kind of what this whole sea cucumber it's just a the weirdest thing ever like it and maybe it's just the pearl fish was the only one that had skin in the game how do we know that's the only one that does that though i don't know if it's the only fish that hides in buttholes what about Uh, the one that goes up the wiener of oh yeah yeah i only know that from the rundown the movie with the rock where the lady tells him to like basically clinch while he's swimming through that pond because I don't even remember what those things are called, but they swim up your urethra. It's a little catfish. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it like locks itself in place. Right. I was uh, going to do a little that's more a bad research day. on that because uh, there is a lot of myth around that. Hmm. So uh, wiener worms. Yeah, I don't know the the wiener scientific fish. name, the genus, phylum, or species, but. Uh, I'm going to go with wiener worm for lack of a better term. Uh, Till next time, everyone. Shortest suckus. Right. (laughs) Penis invadicus. That sounds... Yeah. I would would name him that. Yeah, I believe that's it. Right. Sounds good to me. It's got to be at this point. With no other research being done. I think Snake Man will clear that up next time. Yeah, exactly. If we remember. Is anyone writing anything down? Because I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm Mark, writing Mark's it got down it mentally, in. and we yeah. know how mentally I work. Right. We do. Very cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not according to my wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good little test run. I think we're finding a flow here. Okay, a bit about global warming. How about in uh, 30 seconds? A bit about global warming. Yeah. Don't fart so much. Okay. Huh. That's good. That is pretty good. I think we should focus less on global warming and more on something we can change, and that would be managing oceans. I totally agree. agree. Which would help contribute to a decrease in global warming. Perhaps. Right. I mean... You're obviously the biggest fisherman in the group. What are you seeing out there in terms of, like, what you can keep, what you can't? I mean, it has to have been a... I mean, you were fishing back in the days when you could keep anything you wanted wild. And now you're just, like, having to keep only farm-raised salmon specifically, right? 
Well, it's it's not farm raised. It's hatchery raised, and they're only raised until they're uh, two and a half or three inches long, and then they're let go. So it's not really farm raised. They go out in the wild and and they they take their chances same as any other fish. Mm-hmm. So um, hatchery raised. How do they know where to spawn? They don't. They're not going to spawn anywhere. Really? They're all going to die. Huh. So they're, they're either... They have nowhere to go. They're either caught and consumed by... They're dead fish. Gotcha. They're, from the beginning, they're dead fish. Huh. I think it sometimes depends on where the hatchery is. I know I was at a hatchery yesterday up at um, Marble Mount, and the salmon were coming back to the hatchery that um, were raised there. Um, there's a section of creek called Jordan Creek, and you're not allowed to fish there. And um, they do collect some, the salmon there, put them back into the hatchery, get the eggs and have them fertilized, and then they re-release them in the after they've hatched out to go back out to sea. Hmm. So there was, the last time I was up there, I saw three salmon. This last time I was up there, I probably saw close to 100. Hmm. And I was up there at the same time. And this has to be like a specifically groomed area to help them spawn, right? Because I've heard that salmon are relatively specific about, you know, the current... The pebbles on the bottom, uh, you know, the conditions have to be right for them to go, you know what, time to release. Because <laughs> that's, that's a one and done, right? If I'm you're going, a salmon. I'm going oh, yeah. your butt. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a salmon, male salmon, you're only releasing like one time and you just hope that your stuff is over the eggs, right? Yes. I mean, and you're not specifically like looking for eggs. You're just like yeet. No, actually, the uh, male builds... A nest-like structure, and then the female comes in and lays the eggs in it, and then he spreads his milk, but which is sperm, and then other male fish will sometimes try to sneak in there and steal a little of their milk. Hmm. For uh, yeah, there were a lot like, of like steal how with their mouth. <laughs> no, not with their <laughs> no. mouth. But I mean, like they just spread it over the the nest because basically, with the currents running. If they're not spreading it pretty much right above the nest, it's gone. So there's like a skeet and flap situation going on, like just to push it down to the riverbed? Pretty much. Okay, so as they swim up the river, the return fish, those are the ones that are going to spawn, they pick out a nest and a place, and they go, they wiggle around and hoping a female is going to come up and lay eggs and then as soon as they do a whole bunch of males will go and do what they do huh so kind of a bukake party (laughs) in the salmon world yes yeah definitely and but the girl's not there they're they already did their business yeah yeah so i mean it happens really quickly like Right. Does it and they leave and they like whoa. Yeah. So male salmon can actually see well enough to go that's a little place where a female probably put some eggs. Uh mm-hmm. right. time to time to dump and run. Yes. Right. And then they pretty much die after that. Is that no, correct? They totally die. They yeah. totally die. They're so, not pretty much die. They're dead. So there's also little salmon that 
follow them up like teenagers mm-hmm. will follow them up into the river and they go they watch what the whole thing is happening and they go oh shit and I, they go back down mm. they call them jacks I don't know why but anyway they they reject the whole like well we're not we're not going to do that right like they're too small <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems like, I guess, in the life cycle of a salmon, like, you basically get one nut and you're done. Yeah, like, pretty much. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a honeybee. You get one sting and you're dead. Right. Every, every if salmon. If you ever have to defend yourself, it's to the death. Every salmon is just a dead salmon. So the more they create hatchery-wise for the orcas or whatever, they're, they're still just dead right. fish. And it sounded like from the trip you just took that wild salmon, according to the regulations that you live upon these days, are making a comeback since you're catching, you know, say, nine out of ten or wild? No, that's not a good example where I went because we were on the the part of Washington that faces Canada, and they have no hatchery rules there and a lot of the fish we were catching were canadian fish so they don't they don't clip them or identify them as hatchery fish. and they're they're too nice to most other fish they're like hey hey bud how you doing buddy yeah you want to you want to swim with us want some like, crappy beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah you ever tried a moose head hey. so good eh <laughs> you hosers like, Dave's I wonder if salmon, it's Canadian salmon call U.S. salmon hosers. Like, they probably do. It's my bet. Yeah. Dave's not here. <laughs> That's Cheech and Chong. So, yeah. I was going more towards, like, a strange brew thing. Yeah, here. I Like, know. Dave Thomas. Uh, hey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an old classic. It is. Do, 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 do. They're 12 days of Christmas. I don't know where you're going with that. I don't either. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Strange Brew, yeah. Strange Brew, yeah. 12 Days of the Christmas. The Bob and Doug McKenzie, yeah. yes. uh, 12 Days of Christmas, yes. True Love gave to me a beer. Mm-hmm. Hey, beer. Yeah. Hey. Beer. Yeah. Got none. We should probably mention that, that uh, beer does play a factor in this show. It so makes us smarter, quicker. Faster. More exactly. resilient. Yeah. In the evolutionary chain, we've adapted our asses to sit on hard metal stools for hours at a time with literally no pain receptors. I have 14 pearlfish in me right now. Yeah. (laughs) I could only get seven in this morning, but I had to drive back from Seattle, and it just felt like an uncomfortable ride with the seat warmer on. So they get a little stir-crazy when the heat rises. I'll tell you that much. I mean, the weird thing is we didn't even get to, like, I don't think any of us looked into pearlfish enough unless you did, Mark, uh, what their breeding habits are like. I mean, I wonder if there's any, like, funky business going on in these uh, hidey holes, whether it be an oyster, sea cucumber, anus. Remember the oyster thing? Yeah. That was for breeding purposes. And, again, it's at night, and they get together, and it's kind of like with the salmon. The female lays her eggs. The male drops his milk Mm -hmm. or sperm. And then it Nobody also, goes up anybody's butt. No, and it all settles to the bottom, and then they hatch out. Mm-hmm. Where's an oyster's anus? 
Oysters don't really have an anus. No. Huh. Is that the black stuff that's in in the middle? Like no, it just accumulates lifetime? That's their digestive hmm. substance. I'm going to call it my least favorite part of eating an oyster. Yeah, you got to go one bite because if you've ever bit one in half and you look at it, like how you put that second bite in your mouth without cocktail sauce, I have no idea. Are you talking raw or? Isn't that what I'm talking said? both. Isn't like, that what she said? Yeah. Like, how are you going to take a second bite of this? If, if you like, only if you have it raw, you just go gut, gut, gut. Well, that's that's <laughs> the cheater's way out, I think. If you're oyster shooters, I think are the biggest cop out ever. That's a way for like a chick to go. Yeah, uh, we went out and we had oysters. You didn't have. If an oyster shooter is your only exposure to oysters, did you really have an oyster? I mean, I've eaten dozens of them in New Orleans, and they're freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah. like, I actually prefer New Orleans oysters to probably 90% of the oysters I've had here because I think they're sweeter. Uh, they just didn't do me dirty the way a few have here because I got a couple here that just had like this pasty weird quality to them and it well, was completely a texture they were, thing they were caught off season then. The, the whole point of certain months that you catch the oysters is it, it has to do with that how the creamy you had a lot of boy oyster yeah Cre- creamy's <laughs> right uh <laughs> not enjoyable in an enjoyable way either i mean you know in terms of being a dude and i'm like yeah this is my jam right now in my mouth. It's not. Like, it leaves that film. Like, uh, remember when everything had the hydrogenated oil in it? Yes. And you'd eat those potato chips and you just get that greasy film on the top of your mouth. And you're just kind of like, you can't stop your tongue from rubbing the roof of your mouth to get that off. I mean, not that you're getting anything off, but, you know, uh, you're trying. You're trying real hard. Speak for uh, yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on with your tongue in the roof of your mouth, but uh, it was just like that was what I got out of a few oysters here. So I'm kind of hearing that, like, should oysters not be on certain places, menus year-round here in Washington? I don't even know that they should be on the menu year-round. They shouldn't be. be. Right. I mean, is there a way that you can harvest them in season and then potentially put them in, like, a briny tank? and? No. no. So they, they still just the, go the through a cycle. The process they go through is the cycle they go through. Hmm. And they, when they spawn or they're about ready to spawn, you don't want to eat them because that's the creaminess you experienced in your oh, mouth. So that's what it was. I yes. knew it. I knew it. And you enjoyed it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. Uh, thanks for listening. Anybody that did, will, or might. Uh, or we don't, refuses we, to. Yeah, or, you know, just boycott us right from the get-go. We yeah. probably suck. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have a name yet. Working title. We'll call it that. Uh, but I'm Bob. I'm, I'm George. And I'm Mark. Protect your ocean. <laughs>